today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Anything and everything as quick as we want it, whenever we want it. I've got, I don't know how many credit cards in my pocket. I don't need to worry about having the cash. I'll pay for it later. Kind of an attitude of mentality in the world today. And the problem is, is that moves over then also into our spiritual lives. You think this is just Aiken's problem? No, it's mankind's problem. When we covet something that God says, you know, I'm going to bless you. My blessings are yours. I'm going to pour out my blessings. Man, I'm going to pour, open up heaven for you. I'm going to pour out my blessings for you. But you know what? You've got to have a heart of repentance. You've got to be obedient. And you've got to be faithful. We live in a fast-paced world where we can get almost anything delivered within two days. In his message today, Pastor David shares how living such a fast life can lead to impatience with God. God works on his timetable. You can't pay God extra shipping to get what you want tomorrow. Instead, Adopt a spirit of obedience and reverence for the Lord. He knows the plans He has for you. And they're probably not following the same schedule you are. Use this as a lesson to slow down and enjoy the small things in life. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Joshua chapter 8 as he continues his message, Conquering and Possessing. says, I coveted them, desired something that God said you cannot have yet. That's one of the things that we need to understand. You cannot have this yet. And beloved, that, that speaks to the generation that we have right now, and, we, and that has probably been around uh, now for a couple of generations. We've got microwaves, fast foods, automatic, uh, electronic, anything and everything as quick as we want it, whenever we want it. I've got, I don't know how many credit cards in my pocket. I don't need to worry about having the cash. I'll pay for it later. Kind of an attitude of mentality in the world today. And the problem is, is that moves over then also into our spiritual lives. You think this is just Aiken's problem? No, it's mankind's problem. When we covet something that God says, you know, I'm going to bless you. My blessings are yours. I'm going to pour out my blessings. Man, I'm going to pour, open up heaven for you. I'm going to pour out my blessings for you. But you know what? You've got to have a heart of repentance. You've got to be obedient. And you've got to be faithful. If you're not, you're not going to receive the blessings. Achan tried to shortcut it all. And because of that, not only did those men die, those 36 men, those soldiers that went with him, but now we read there that also uh, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that he had was destroyed. Why? Because he ran ahead of God. Once that was taken, taken care of, it says that the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger So now it was time to go and take AI now. 
Now we get into chapter eight where Ai is defeated. And the Lord tells him, don't now, he speaks to Joshua. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I want you to take all the people of war. You know, before they took 3,000. Now they're gonna take all of them and rise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only this time, this time, its spoil and its cattle you shall take for yourselves. Then he tells you, I want you to lay an ambush, send some troops out there and make them run away like they're scared of AI. And then you have the other ones behind. You'll go and burn the city and destroy the whole thing. You see, God had a much better plan for them if they would have followed God, had been obedient to God. Down in verse 28, so Joshua burned AI and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. And the king of AI, he hung on a tree until evening. And down in verse 30, then Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel on Mount Ebal. And as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it's written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones, and again, just the way that he should have made it. Verse 32, and there in the presence of the children of Israel, Joshua wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Then all of Israel with the elders, the officers, and the judges stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, who bore the ark, uh, as well as the stranger, as well as those who were born with them. They stood there, gave glory and honor to the Lord. Again, recognizing, no, he's the one that fights the battles for me. He's the one that's gonna make sure that I'm going to have victory in the midst of it. We, you, you would think, okay, we've learned all the lessons we need to learn. We ought to be fine from here on out. And then chapter nine comes, the Gibeonites. Gibeon was a town not too far from him, about 20 miles. They had heard what happened to Jericho. They had heard what happened to Ai. And so what had happened is they, they decided, you know what? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna work a little crafty. We're, we're gonna pretend to be ambassadors. So they took old raggedy clothes, shoes that, that were wore out, worn out wineskins, moldy bread, and they came to the children of Israel and says, hey, man, we, wow, who are you guys? Man, we, you know, we're just kind of traveling through. And oh, you're a mighty army. Uh, can we be friends? Can we be buddies? We're of no threat to you. It's interesting, in the midst of all of this, in verse 14, it says very clearly, then the men of Israel took some of their provisions. They looked at them, but they didn't ask the counsel of the Lord. They did not ask the counsel of the Lord. Well, if you know about what took place there, well, they, they made a commitment to the, to Gibeon, to the Gibeonites. Okay, we, we will protect you. We'll take care of you. We will not fight against you. Then they found out that they were only 20 miles away. And once they did, again, they didn't back down on their word. Their word was yes or no to their own hurt. Down in verse 27, that day Joshua made them, the Gibeonites, woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. So they made this deal and okay, that's gonna take care of it. Well, then we find out in chapter 10 that some of the surrounding 
empires found out what the Gibeonites did. They got ticked off at them. They joined together these five different kings and they decided, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to attack the the city of Gibeon and we're going to destroy them because of what they did in their trickery. They thought that they could get away from fighting by being deceitful and making this council or this covenant with Israel. We'll take care of them. Well, when they did, then the Gibeonites ran back to Israel and cried out to them. And so from that point in time, Joshua then, because he had made that commitment to them, when they came and cried out to him, down in verse eight, it says, the Lord said to Joshua, don't fear them, for I've delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. And sure enough, they went against these five different kings and Israel defeated all of them. Jump over to verse 24. So it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war who went with him, come near, put your foot on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and they put their feet on their necks. And then Joshua said to, now, wait wait a minute. Now, oh, it's Joshua. Now it's Joshua that's saying, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. So finally, Joshua comes up, tells his people, don't be afraid. Do you think that maybe Joshua is beginning to learn? I think so. I think as he's moving along here, he's growing not only, he's growing in his courage, but I believe he's also growing in his faith. And You know if you've been a believer for very long, the more we walk in obedience to the Lord and the more we see the Lord work through the situations in our life, it increases our faith. It increases our faith when I hear how God is working in your life. And because I know, man, if God can work that in your life, maybe he can work that in mine. And so that increases my faith. When we see God working and moving, that is a faith builder in our lives. And so now we start seeing them. They start taking and clearing, uh, again, many of these enemies around. And in chapters 11 and 12, a whole host of other defeats uh, against the enemy, victories over the enemy. First to the south, a multitude of cities. Then to the north, another multitude of cities. The beginning of chapter 12, we read about the, the victories of Moses, what had taken place in the past. Then we read about the victories that Joshua is doing. They're not getting every city, every place. They're hitting some of the main cities, the main areas again, so that they can control the land. Then when we get to chapters 13 through 22, we realize something's going on with Joshua. What does it say there in verse one? Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. Well, how old would Joshua have been by that time? probably well beyond his 80s. He Remember, he was 40 years in the wilderness. He could have very well been in his 40s at, at the point of time of, of starting out of Egypt. As a matter of fact, we're going to read a little bit later, he lives till 110, but uh, right now he's, he's old. He's advanced in years. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Joshua, you're old. <laughs> it's one thing when a child says you're old, but when God, who is eternal, says you're old, <sighs> Okay, you're old, you're advanced in years. And there yet remains very much land yet to be possessed. 
So they knew that they had to go ahead and, and, and move forward. They, there, was, there was much to do there, but yet God remained faithful to them. And there in verse six, he tells them, children of Israel, I'll drive them out. But I do need you to divide the land. So he's gonna go ahead and divide up the land and give each tribe their land. And then each tribe is going to be responsible for, again, taking possession of his own land at that point in time. So again, we see that this is now, okay, from the whole army now, it is down to the tribes of the 12 tribes taking care of their land as they clear it all out. Now, chapter 21, it speaks about the city for the Levites. Remember, we just went through all this dividing of all the land for everyone. And these are the things that if you're Jewish and you want to know where your homeland is, you can go back through there. But in chapter 21, it starts talking about the city, the Levites. Now, somehow, don't want to skip ahead too far. I want you to back up again to chapter 14. We'll hit the Levites in a moment because the Levites are the ones that did not have a whole area. They were actually scattered all over the whole nation. In chapter 14, as they're dividing up, we find out about Caleb's mountain. Remember Caleb, the other spy that knew that God had given them the land. God gives Caleb that land that, again, Moses had promised him. Caleb goes to Joshua in verse 12 of chapter 14. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the giants, the Anakim, were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And again, gave them that land, and there in verse 14, the second half of verse 14, he got that land because Caleb wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. There was a man of repentance, a man of obedience, a man of faithfulness, and the blessings of God came upon him. But you know what? He had to go through every one of the battles the rest of them did. He went through every other battle, but yet God was faithful in the end to give him that land. In chapters 15 through 19, speak of this tribe is going to inherit this, this is going to inherit this, and move on. There's an interesting word that we find in Joshua, nekalah, and it means to inherit or the inheritance. Interesting thing about this, 230 times in 190 verses in the Old Testament, an inheritance. It is what God has promised and what God is fulfilling. God has promised, God is going to fulfill. God has promised in advance that they would receive that. And then we find in the book of Joshua, over 30 times in the book of Joshua, this promise of of God's fulfillment of these inheritance. Our God is faithful. We see that over and over again. Chapters 15 through 19 go through all of those cities. In chapter 20, it speaks of the cities of refuge. The cities of refuge were in essence this. If you accidentally murdered someone, at that point in time, it was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You accidentally murdered someone. The family of those people, they're gonna come after you. They'll chase you down till they find you. They'll kill you. Well, God told him, what I want you to do is get some cities of refuge. So if someone accidentally commits manslaughter, they can run to the city of refuge. There they'll have the opportunity to hear their case heard, whether or not it was truly manslaughter or whether it was murder. God designed that 
God put that there. Again, God taking care of the people. Then we talked about, again, in chapter 21, the city for the Levites. For the, for the Levites, it was actually 48 different areas spread out between all of the tribes that were cities for the Levites. They didn't have one large section of land, but they did have cities and, and houses and, and fields so that they could raise again and, and care for their own families. And they took their turns again serving there at the tabernacle, later on serving at the temple once it's built. But again, they didn't have a land of their own. They were spread out all over Israel. In chapters 22, brings us back to those tribes on the eastern side of the Jordan, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Remember when they were in the wilderness, they found an area, hey, we kind of like this. I don't know why we need to go any further. They asked Moses if they could stay there. And Moses said, no, you got to go with your brothers. And said, well, well, we'll go. We'll fight the battle. But let us leave our cattle, our children, our wives here. But we'll go fight. And so Moses allowed them to do that. And he said, but you have to make sure that you go and you fight with your brothers while they obtain their land. Then you can go back, and so they did. And so now here we get to this point where most of the land has already been settled. The tribes have been spread out. So Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they go back to the eastern side of the Jordan. And again, there is where they're going to live with their families. Well, as they go back across, an interesting thing happens. Chapter 22, look down in verse N. When they came to the region of the Jordan, which is in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they built an altar there by the Jordan, a great and impressive altar. Now, anything wrong with that? No. They weren't going to worship some foreign god. They did it, says, again, they'll explain it a little bit later, but right now they did that so that their children, again, what does that remind us of? The memorial stones that that Joshua had them put when they went across the Jordan. Put these memorial stones so that your children, when they ask what are these stones, you'll be able to tell God covered us. And so now Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they build this altar there to again, as, as a sign, as, a, as an understanding, no, we want you to know that we're part of you and that our worship of Jehovah God is the same as yours. We don't want you to forget about us over here. But you see, the rest of the children of Israel, they didn't know that at the time. They found out these guys are building an altar now and they're saying, whoa, you guys already, you're going away from, the, from again, the one true God. And so the children of Israel, they rise up. They're gonna wipe these guys out. They're gonna wipe their brothers out. Why? Because they don't have the full understanding. They don't have the full facts. And so on their own understanding, they go and, and getting ready for it. Down in verse 21, the children of Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh, they answered back to the heads of the divisions of Israel. The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knows and let Israel itself know if it's for rebellion or if in treachery against the Lord, don't save us this day. If we have built ourselves an altar to turn from following the Lord or if to offer on it burnt sacrifice or offerings or grain offerings or to offer peace offerings on it, let the Lord himself require an account. 
But in fact, we have done it for fear, for a reason saying, in time to come, your descendants may speak to our descendants, saying, what have we to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between you and us, you the children of Reuben and and of Gad. You have no part in the Lord. And so that's why they built that altar there, as a memorial that they are with the children of Israel. Nobody died that day, so... In chapters 23 and 24, now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all of his enemies round about that Joshua was old. He was advanced in age and he called for Israel and for all of the elders. He tells him, I'm old, I'm advanced in age. You've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations before you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. Israel, the Lord is faithful. He has kept his promises. Down in verse nine, for the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. Verse 10, one man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised. The Lord is faithful. Verse 11, therefore take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Down in verse 13, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you if you pull from him. What does he say? Verse 12, back up a little. If indeed you do go back, cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them, go into them and they to you, then you're not gonna have the blessing. If there's no obedience, if there's no faithfulness, there's no blessing but God will go before you if you remain obedient. Chapter 24, he brings them all together. Verse two, Joshua said to the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel, your fathers included Terah, the father of Abraham. He goes through the whole history from Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Esau, to Moses and Aaron, the plague there in Egypt. And down in verse six, man, I brought your fathers out of Egypt. He says down in verse seven, uh, they cried out to the Lord. He put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought them the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did to Egypt. Verse nine, Balak tried to destroy you, the king of Moab. Balaam tried to curse you. Verse 10, I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore, he continued to bless you. I delivered you out of his hand. Down at the end of verse 11, I delivered the Hivites, the Gergesites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites. I delivered them all into your hand. Down in verse 13, I've given you a land of which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them. You eat the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Down in verse 15, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, rather the gods which your father served, which are on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in, uh, the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The word and the message, again, of all of Joshua is the faithfulness of God and the willingness that he has to bless you and I as a people. That's the same today, gang, as it was back in the day of Joshua for the children of Israel. Not every promise of Israel 
is ours. But you know what? These promises are. That if we remain with a heart of repentance, obedient to his leading and his call, faithful to his word, his blessings come upon us. That's what we see Old Testament. That's what we see new. That's what we ought to live as his children. Amen. That's all we have time to share today, but we're so glad you've joined us. Isn't the Bible a fascinating book to read? There's incredible historical events, crazy scenarios, and a variety of people to keep you intrigued along the way. We hope you'll continue to join us here on The Open Word as Pastor David takes you through the Bible. If what you heard today sparked your interest and you'd like to know more about faith and even who God really is, please contact us. We'd love to talk more with you and share some even more incredible news about your future and the one who can change it, Jesus. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If social media is a part of your life, you can connect with us there too. Come like our Facebook page and keep up to date with what's happening at The Open Word and Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. You'll find a link to our website, theopenword.com. Would you like to hear more messages from this series? Here's Pastor David to tell you how. Thanks, Chris. You know, any time you spend in God's Word is valuable. And I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. I know busy schedules can make that hard, but being able to listen to it could just change all that. All of the messages I've shared from the Bible here on The Open Word, they're available to you to listen to online at theopenword.com. Feel free to download them and even share them with anyone you think would benefit. That website again is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David, and thank you for tuning in to The Open Word. Make us more and more.